He meant to go on and ask how the terrible god Tash who fed on the blood of his people could possibly be the same as the good lion by whose blood all Narnia was saved. If he had been allowed to speak, the rule of the ape might have been ended that day. The beast might have seen the truth and thrown the ape down. But before he could say another word, two calamines struck him in the mouth with all their force, and a third from behind kicked his feet out from under him. And as he fell, the ape squealed in rage and terror. Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast, where we're doing a chapter-by-chapter chapter deep dive into the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. I'm Kel. I'm Chase. And thank you so much for joining us today. Just a reminder that today we're going to be talking about the seventh book in the series, The Last Battle, with a general spoiler warning for the rest of the Narnia series, which, I mean, if, you, if you've made it to The Last Battle, I assume you've you know been through the rest of the Narnia series. I mean, uh, but how we'll wild also- would it be if someone started here, though? It's a bold move, but I like it. Uh, you know, C.S. Lewis is want to go on like random, uh, you know, tangential offshoots in his books. So why not his readers? Uh, yeah. But just we treat, also, it, treat it like middle schoolers treat the Bible. Just open up to a random chapter and start there and see what it has to say to you. And that was divine providence for, you know, what God was speaking to you. Yeah. But uh, we are, uh, you know, prone to go on to tangents uh, just like this into other stories as well. So we'll give a spoiler warning if there's anything too far out there. But today we're going to be discussing chapter three of the last battle, the ape in its glory. God, this is the worst. Is is this uh, Planet of the Apes five, six? Maybe, but you at least have empathy for the apes there. Like, like shift is just the worst. I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's the bad guy. ape. There is there is no redeeming quality of him right now. Like, and it's bad. But Chase. So that we can understand more and so that our readers can understand more why he's the worst. Can you give us a summary? Yeah. Well, uh, last time on The Last Battle. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So if you remember the very end of last chapter, uh, the king and uh, Jewel, his unicorn friend, just murdered some dudes. That happened. And uh, now... We jump in to the consequences in continuation of that story where the king and Jewel run up to the horse they just rescued and ask how it came to be enslaved by the Calermites. But the horse replied, everything was being done was by Aslan's orders. Then a whole group of more Calermites began to surround them, realizing that their comrades had just been killed. Tyrion, the king, jumped on Jewel's back and they began to flee, When it, but then they stopped. The king pointed out, it's wrong for us to attack those unarmed men. And both the horse and that mouse had said everything was being done by Aslan's orders. What if that were true? Jewel asked how Aslan could command such dreadful things, but Tyrion replied that he's not a tame lion. So they decided to go back and be brought to Aslan for it's better to face judgment and death than to live in fear that Aslan has come and is not like the Aslan they had hoped and longed for. Jewel decided to go with him, and they returned and gave themselves up to the Calarmines. One of the men took the crown from Tyrion's head and hid it and led them to the center of the clearing where an ape sat, who we the readers know to be Shift, although the king and Jewel had not heard about an ape yet. Uh, the chief Calarmine addressed him as the mouthpiece of Aslan and said, by the power of their god Tash, that they had taken these murderers alive. Shift said that he would deal with the prisoners in a minute, but first called over the head squirrel and berated him to bring more nuts. 
saying Aslan wanted them. They're for Aslan. Don't worry about it. Bring me more, bring me more nuts. And the better ones this time. Uh, when the squirrels asked to see and hear from Aslan themselves, he said, no, heck no. You can't bug Aslan. Uh, Aslan may make an appearance tonight, but he wouldn't have them all crowding around him and asking questions. And this was all more kindness than they deserved from Aslan anyways. Any communication to or from Aslan was to go through him. A boar in the crowd asked why they couldn't all see and talk to Aslan like they did in the old days. And by a boar, Chase means the animal, not like a boring person. No, a very boring person asked... (laughs) A representative of the boring company asked (laughs) asked why they couldn't still see and talk to Aslan like in the old days. But Shift replied that times had changed. Aslan had been too soft on them before, and if he was too soft on them like that now, they might start to think he was a tame lion, because that's the catchphrase everyone's got now. Uh, And we all know he's not a tame lion. After this, he said he knew some of them thought he is an ape, but actually, if you really think about it, he's a man. He's just hundreds and hundreds of years old, which is why he's so wise and is the only person Aslan will speak to. Duh. Uh, On top of all that, any of the beasts who were thinking they could finish up this work and then be free from the enslavement to the Calarmines, think twice. They were all going to have to go to Calarmine and work for their living in the Tisrock's mines. May he live forever. May he live forever. Uh, Like horse and beasts do in other countries. (laughs) Man, bringing back a bit from like three books ago. Uh, I've been waiting for that for so long. but the animals were not excited at this. There was grumbling, but the chief Calarmine said the Tisrock may live forever, was of one mind with him on this matter. Shift went on to say with the money they'd make from this, they could make Narnia a place that people would actually want to live. With all the bananas and oranges someone could want, and roads and prisons and cities, all the things of a great society. Uh, nothing says great society like more prisons. Uh, the animals <laughs> grumbled <laughs> more saying they didn't want all that. They wanted to be free and hear from Aslan on this. Shift responded that real freedom is doing what he says, a sermon that I've heard before. And then <laughs> a very young lamb called out and asked why they were going to the uh, to the Calarmines at all. The Narnians belong to Aslan. The Calarmines have their own god. They belong to Tash. They sacrifice men on his altar. How could Aslan ever be friends with Tash? They all look to the ape because this is a good question. No one asked it yet. Uh, But Shift called him a baby, saying that Aslan and Tash were just different ways of saying the same thing, but they all meant you-know-who. Tash is Aslan. Aslan is Tash. Get over it. All the animals looked incredibly sad, except for one big tomcat who asked if the Calarmines thought the same. The chief Calarmines said, yes, Aslan means no more or no less than Tash. And the cat said, this satisfies him and that he thought he was starting to get the picture. After all this, Tyrion, the king who is still there, this is all just happening. And this is a 10 minute long chapter. Uh, after all this, Tyrion, the king yelled out, calling the ape a liar and shift had him taken away and tied to a tree to be dealt with later. Man, what a chapter, what a chapter. God shift is the worst. Yeah. And Chase, this was I, a long I feel summary like... in general, because it's, a fully talking chapter, and so it's just a lot of dialogue. You can't get across what happens without basically rewriting the whole chapter. Right. The summary probably is going to be significantly longer proportionally than our discussion of the chapter itself, because a lot of the discussion of the chapter itself can be boiled down to 
shift is continuing to you know be shifty. Yeah, yeah, shift be shifty. Uh, the Calermans are not good guys, and it's it's interesting. I guess we can start at the beginning here because the way that Tyrion and Jewel kind of their their debate on whether to go back and face the quote unquote justice that they they're offered is an interesting discussion. Like they, if we actually stepped back and looked at it from an objective point of view as the readers, we'd say, you know what, actually they didn't do anything wrong within their original plan of what they were doing. And they would have been right to continue on to care Paravelle and come back. And maybe if they came back with the army, like they could have done last chapter, we could avoid all of this discussion, all of this book. Um, but they stop and Tyrion is really like, man, what if, what if what they're saying is true though? Like what if Aslan really is, has changed? What if Aslan is really doing this now instead of how we thought he was going to do? Yeah, it's, man, it's definitely like, it's a really interesting discussion on like morality and, you know, how we view things. Cause you look at it and they're definitely like proponents of the like honor, you know, trait in, in understanding here where they're like, well, like, yes, we killed people who were enslaving a talking horse. And like, we were somewhat provoked, but also, you know, we, they, they didn't attack us. And like Aslan is supposedly the one that is, giving these orders so the honorable thing to do is to like turn us in it's a real ned stark moment yeah so, spoilers for season one of game of thrones uh Just honor well i mean we don't have to actually stuff. spoil we could uh we can just say just just season one it just feels like that's you know i want to make sure it's you know alerted uh but yeah. like honor is what gets Ned killed in the end, you know? And it's like, is it honor? Kinda. Is it naivete? Also kinda. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, honor and like really this sense of justice really seems to be the kind of overriding trait of Tyrion. Like he, like the last chapter is titled is rash, but he has this very strong sense of, well, this is right, so I'm just going to go charge it. And right. he uh, it gets him into trouble here. But, I mean, his logic is, like, meant to give us the sense, like, no, he wants to do what's right. Right. But he is being deceived, as are all the Narians right now, as to what is right. right. Because there is someone claiming to speak for Aslan who is not actually speaking for Aslan. Right. Exactly. And again, we we all come back to this all is Mr. Viewer's fault because what is the argument that turns them? He's not a tame lion. How are we to know what he would or would not do? How are we to know that he wouldn't, you know, enslave his own people and give them up to the Calermines? Like, who are we to question him? And it's like, you're, you are to question if it goes against the character you know, right? It's the same yeah. thing that, like, people who will go, well, God told me to kill those people. No, he did not. Absolutely, he did not. Yeah, probably that is, not. Like, that is against the command of God. Or it's like, 
like people using God in a defense strategy that goes against things that God has commanded. You know, where it's like you can question it if it goes against the character that you have seen and the things that have been proclaimed before. Because if Aslan is God, and as we have seen, he, you know, Aslan breathes and Narnia is created, like he can't go against himself. Yeah. And I mean, it, it makes me think kind of like you're saying of, uh, of first Corinthians 14, where Paul tells them, well, if someone claims to speak for the spirit, test it. And if you're, uh, the thing that in the Christian faith you would test it against is the rest of scripture. Like if, and I mean, if something is bearing out fruit that doesn't line up with the character of the God that you're claiming to speak to for, then maybe it's not actually how you were meant to apply those texts that you were quoting out of context. Um, yeah, it's which is honestly a very common thing. Lots of people yeah. claim to speak for God and say what they think that people should be doing rather than what God's character would reflect in the outcome right. of what people probably should be doing. It's a, right. it's a very common form of religious and spiritual manipulation. Um, and it's, I mean, just to take a step back here a little bit in this children's book that we're reading, <laughs> a yeah. very complicated, mature, like, concept to weave into a children's story i don't know if this is still a children's story if or or if it's just like well this is where it's got to end um oh and it's it's only gonna get heavier and darker children it's uh but it's not it's written not like a children's i don't know what what kind of literature this is (laughs) i think it's still you know i i believe this if it's not a c.s lewis quote it's definitely who it was attributed to when i was told it so i'm gonna give him credit uh and you know we can have a quick aside after that but um like i I was told a quote that was you know someone gave credit to c.s lewis of like you don't know something until you can teach it to children and i think that is a benefit that c.s lewis has you know and that's a it's one of the things you see throughout the narnia series is he's communicating you know, allegories and, you know, truths and things like this and big theological concepts in a killed in a kid's story, you know, and, you know, the, like, if we had wanted to dive deeper into like, you know, go back to Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, like the, the idea of like atonement and like substitutionary atonement, like that's the whole purpose of Aslan dying for Edmund. And so I think he's just going to, the theological conclusions here of like, because especially because we're dealing with quote unquote end times, you know, Narnian theology, then we, because of that, you have to deal with like deception. You have to deal with truth. You have to deal with um, discerning the spirits kind of thing. Um, And that's why like throughout this chapter, you know, the overarching theme in all of the dialogue and discussions, whether it's between Jewel and Tyrion or it's between all of the other Narnian animals and ape, the, the ape shift and the Calamines. It's what, this is what we know of Aslan. And this is what we've experienced of Aslan. 
but this is what you're saying and the two don't align yeah. uh, because like Tyrion and Jewel say it's like the sun rose and it was a black sun or Jewel says like it's like you were to drink water and it was dry uh, which Jewel apparently is a proponent of the you know popular argument that water is indeed wet um, but we you have these constant frames of discussion of like Aslan doesn't feel like he would do this and shift going but he did you know yeah it's there's there's two things happening here that I think are interesting. One is that this is really our first story where the dynamics that we're dealing with are not like directly our heroes interacting with good and evil. It's or like not directly interacting with the call of there's Aslan just, and there's the no Voldemort. The there's no white. It's all man. being mediated. And yeah. the complications of broken people mediating a source rather than going directly from the source. So it's not like I see this white witch is doing evil things and this good lion is coming to save it. It's mm -hmm. I heard from my friend who heard from their friend that there's a bad person out there. And I heard from my friend who heard from my friend that a good person might want you to do this about it if they're right. It's uh, the, the layers of mediation there are interesting. And then the other yeah. side of this that at least for Christians is a nice thing that is not true in the Narnian world is that like we have a text. We have, right. we have a record that is historically it's not a written word reliable, of and we have a set place that we can look and say, this is where we get our picture of Jesus and in the character of god and mm -hmm. that is not something that is up for like yes there's questions about interpretation yes there's questions about like how you translate specific words and the nuances of certain things but like the broader message and way that it is like filtered through to us is so much more sound and and stable than here which is fully word of mouth fully yep. there's a legend that aslan is not a tame lion and that's all we really have to go on because no one's seen him in a while and right. so that's what we and, got and again the, like you go to the you know lack of a word of aslan for lack of a better term but this quote is treated almost as scripture because it's one of the things that they know to be true about Aslan. It's one that gets passed down and it's an incomplete quote. And we mentioned this last podcast, but he isn't a tame lion dot, 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 but he's good. I tell you, he's the king, you know, like you can't, you can't divorce the first half from the latter half. Like, yes, he's not tame. He is sovereign. He does what Aslan does, but he's also good. He's never, you know, just ignore the times when he like slashes little girls on the back. Uh, no, we don't have to worry about that. But like, you know, he's a good one. You know, like uh, that time he knocked over that school and uh, yelled at those kids. The time when he was just like, yo, we're going to have such a good time breaking all of these kids and dismantling this modern educational system. Yep. But alas, the you know Tyrion and Jewel they um, give themselves how it's up pronounced to... Aslan. Sorry, 
Aslan, uh, Tyrion, and Jewel give themselves up to the Calormines, uh, and they are marched uh, through the woods until they see not Aslan, but wouldn't you believe it, Chase? Shift, an ape, or what is or is he? And that is one of the funniest things about this whole situation. But yeah, it is funny that this is the first time since the first, I mean, we're only in chapter three. It feels like we're in chapter 10, but (laughs) we're only in chapter three. Uh, And this is the first time that the king is even hearing about an ape. He hasn't, it hasn't come up, but uh and Schiff's whole, uh, actually, I'm not an ape. I'm just a very, very, very old human. And that's why I look like this. And I'm super wise. So that's why Aslan trusts me and not you. It's, uh, like, yeah, have you, are you familiar with, like, any of, like, the, uh, whether it be secret societies or, like, like religious traditions that, like, claim to be, old, like, way older than they actually are just for the sake of, uh, being sure more stable like there's this idea that if something is really old that must mean that right. i'm tested and right uh yeah not necessarily true no uh people not doing all. something for a long time doesn't necessarily make them right yeah totally uh but it's this whole conversation with shift and the animals is just it's just infuriating truly you know like we talked about this a couple pods ago but it's like man there are a few characters like that you just read and you're just so upset by i mean he gives you real umbrage vibes he gives you like i just every time he says something you're just like someone punch him in the face like this is the worst he so he takes the sword from the king and then uh, you know, complains because like everything he says also, you know, and this is part of the reason like C.S. Lewis writes it this way is, you know, he's he's constantly giving winks to the kid and that is reading this and winks to the, you know, audience member for this is like, hey, remember, you know, Aslan isn't actually there. It's just shift. He's being weird because it's like, uh, you know, I want I mean, Aslan wants some more nuts. So go squirrel, get me some nuts, which is I really, you know, in a different pod jokes yeah. can be made. Uh, but then like he constantly has the, like, I want, I mean, Aslan wants, I will deal. I mean, Aslan will deal. Uh, yeah. And then like later on, he's even like talking to the Calormines and it says like, he almost winked at the chief Calormine uh, where it's like, you don't have to spell it out that much, Clive. Yeah. No, I mean, C.S. Lewis makes it clear that any any claim of like just or right intentions that might have been made in chapter one are right. just fully gone by chapter three, which does make me interested to see what happens when we bring the donkey back into the situation who is is acting as Aslan, because I forget, honestly where where a lot of this book goes so i'm curious to see his attitude toward shift at this point in the in the grift totally uh i won't spoil anything for you nor for our readers but um 
I think Umbridge is a fair comparison to shift, you know, uh, in, in just everything that goes down. But, um, yeah, they, they continue having these conversations and they work through all the different, like, but can't we see Aslan? No, I'm the only one that he speaks to. Like he's not doing things the way he's done. He's going to punish you all. He's tired of the way that you, you know, acted. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm going to go. The only time you'll see him is at night. Red flag. Like, why can't you see him during the day? Well, you'd notice that he wasn't alive. For yeah, one. you'd notice that this is a donkey in a costume. <laughs> right. So you can only see him when you can't really see him. And then it's like, well, like, why can't we talk to him? And he, and like, Dave's like, he's not tame. He doesn't, you know, follow your orders. Uh, and then he's like, by the way, I'm also a man. Like, which like, not only is like, you see not only the deception and the greed and everything from shift, you see his vanity because he yeah. can't even like, like at the beginning of his introduction, he's like, he's even uglier than normal. He's so old and gross. And like, he, he looks decrepit and he's like, no, I'm just an old man. And you see wisdom. That's what you see. Like, uh, it's honestly, I mean, the people who are hanging on his every word at that point should be like, wait, huh? Like, it's like, I've no, met some very old people, Kel. And I mean, no I can like be mean ape. sometimes, but I would never say any of them look like apes. That's a little no. bit far. Because when you see an ape, it's clearly not a human. Like, yeah. Like, that's, Even that's the, the, the hair situation alone should give that away. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The length of arms, the like, it, we digress. Uh, but it's just like, this Grandma, is like, what, what hairy knuckles you have. Yeah. Red Riding Hood over here. You want to talk about people who don't, can't, you know, can't pay attention to a red flag. You can't see that your grandma is clearly a wolf. What? What kind of makeup art is this guy got? Like, I don't know. But that's, that's, Real that's not our story. Jumps in to say that's not our story. Yeah. Not our story. Um, but finally, Chase, we hear from Shift, you're starting to see the pieces form together. So not only can you see Aslan, but you see there's clearly some sort of economic partnership between Shift and the Calormines. He's saying, hey, horses and every other person and being, you now are working for the Calormines. And you are now going to, you know, be complete, like you are going to do whatever they say. And they're like, like he, he mentions the Tizrock, uh, may he live forever. forever. I've been waiting four books for that. Uh, but, um, he, they're like, whoa, Aslan would never sell us into slavery. And at this point, like shift is like, Hmm, you're right. That is something that Aslan definitely wouldn't do. But he's like slavery. Who said anything about slavery? You're work. You're gonna work for a wage. It's just gonna go directly to the like Bank of Aslan, like yeah, so that he can use it properly. No, you're you're working for the common good, everyone. Hmm. Yes. Listen, comrades. Uh, but he, yeah, he's he's going like, yeah, like this isn't slavery. It's fine. Look at listen to all of these, uh, you know, great things that we're gonna be able to see, like. Uh, you know, the, the calor means like, yes, like the, the, you know, the Tizrock, may he live forever, agrees with the mouthpiece of Aslan, but 
you know, and then like shift is like, well, listen to all these amazing things. There's going to be oranges and bananas and roads and big cities and schools and offices and whips and muzzles and saddles and cages and kennels and prisons. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and this is definitely one of those like, wait, what did you just say moments? And he's like, oh, oranges and bananas. And, he, and they're like, no, the, the whole kennels and cages and muzzles and whips and prisons part we don't want any of those things and uh always said that narnia really needs to embrace the prison industrial complex yes it definitely does not have any failings in the united states and across the globe i mean if i learned anything from the uh from the oh gosh what was caspian's people's called the teller means ah the teller means if we learned anything from the teller means is that narnians are great oh, no tell marines tell marines i'm i was mixing them and the calamines up yeah yeah i mean they all they all have the same uh second half of their words yeah so the tell marines yes but it, he goes like he's like what do you know about freedom you think freedom means doing what you like well you're wrong that isn't true freedom true freedom means doing what i tell you Exactly. It's just like my dad always said. And here's the thing. This might be controversial. I like the freedom being not freedom isn't doing what you like. I agree with that. But then he loses me. I want to make sure that like everyone knows I don't agree with shift. Right. Uh, But the like freedom doing whatever you like. What if you wanted to murder people? What if you wanted to, you know, like, it's like having constraints is good, but those constraints have to be set by someone who is good. See, this is why if you really want a free society, Kel, you've got to keep people who disagree with you from doing anything you don't like. Listen, I may or may not have, I may or may not, like my shaker bottle may or may not be the Empire's logo from (laughs) Star Wars. That's neither here nor there. Do I oh. think that like the empire was way more efficient than the <laughs> New Republic? That's neither here nor there, Chase. <laughs> so you're also watching The Mandalorian. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just yeah, saying. Vaguely political jokes aside, I the qualm I have with this. Yeah. As an argument in general, because this is, I made the joke during the summary that I've heard that sermon yeah. before. Because you probably I have. And yeah. I disagree with it both philosophically and theologically. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, it is for freedom that we have been set free. And for sure. The reality is that, like, our will and this is speaking from the Christian theological lens, our will is not removed by being inducted into Christ. It is refined, it is grown, it is perfected, it is not removed because God didn't make us robots. He made us people in his image that were meant to reflect his image. and. Discipleship is us learning to grow towards that which is in line with the image of Christ rather than 
embracing the corruptions of that image that we stray towards in sinfulness. And so freedom is not stop wanting or like stop doing bad things because I said so. Freedom is, oh, I've realized that it actually works a lot better for me when I do the things that are in line with the way that I was created. And now that I can see that truth, I actually want to live into that. I can freely do that because I've been empowered by the spirit to do that. Um, Totally. It's, yeah, it's a subtle difference that I'm sure there's a Dumbledore quote that is just off of the tip of my tongue where I cannot access it that also <laughs> streams into this stream of consciousness, but uh, it, I don't have it right it. now. So, you know, here we are here still rambling, you know, just because it's in your head doesn't mean it's not. No, hold on. It's the, if, if you look, wise men have spent their lives looking into this mirror. It, hold on. <laughs> I, I think it's uh, it's or I, it might actually not be a Dumbledore quote. It might be a Harry responding to Dumbledore. It's quote. a Voldemort quote. The, the t- <laughs> Harry Potter come to die. Ooh. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's what I was thinking of was there's a line where uh, Harry grappling with the idea of fate and and uh having to go into more the difference between being thrown into the ring and going in shoulders back like because you wanted to it's right. a, there's Are something something in that something, or like do you have to because it's you know predestined or do you have to because to do anything else you couldn't live with yourself like it's yeah, no, I I was just trying to be dumb and think of every Dumbledore quote. No, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gave me it gave me time to think though. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's what I'm here. I don't even know how back. relevant it is to what specifically Shift is arguing here, but, uh, but being, here we go. Being triggered by, uh, how much, by my how entire much lifetime podcast, of upbringing. How much is this podcast relevant to the things we're reading? So I mean, this is a Narnia podcast. What are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> On that note, Chase, do you know what the difference is between Aslan and Tash? No, tell me. <laughs> There's none. <laughs> Wait. What? You know what? Being a cat, I can get on board with that. <laughs> Look, here's the deal. So this is the, the next and final argument that is going to be made before Tyrion and Jewel lose it. Uh, and they go, like, they go, wait. Like, what does, what do we, this lamb, and it's, you know, fitting that it's a lamb, says, what do we have to do with Talon means? We belong to Aslan, they belong to Tash. Tash is a violent god who looks like a vulture and people kill, uh, they like sacrifice others on an altar to him. Aslan would never do that. Like, how could we be in the same sphere as that? And the ape is like, you don't know anything. You're, you're a baby, you're young. You, what do you understand of like divine things? Like Tash is Aslan, Aslan is Tash. We all just use different names for the same thing. The Calermines and us, we're all the same. And, you know, that is what it is. And so get over it. And like this principle, spoiler alert, somewhat for the rest of the book, not too much of one. They will end up combining this later on in the term Tashlan because 
to like and like we will make proper fun of this as it comes up because sure. it is dumb. Uh, but they they are immediately going like, well, whatever. What's the big deal? Uh, and people like throughout all this, it keeps making little asides of like everyone is growing silent. Everyone is confused. Everyone's disappointed and everyone's sad. And like this is just like this stuff can't be this. None of this makes sense. And wouldn't you know it, Chase, who is our Narnian? Who's like, you know what? I'm totally on board with this. Meanwhile, in the background, rustling, rustling in a dumpster, a big jellical cat sticks its head out. <laughs> Is this James Corden? Yeah, James Corden in a in a a cat costume that, mind you, because this is a family friendly podcast, has no butthole. uh, Comes out and and starts doing a little song and dance about how he always thought that Aslan and Tasha were the same all along, as long as the calamines are good with it. Yeah, like, and here's the deal. Again, minor spoiler alert. For the rest of the movie cats. The cat, the movie cat, uh, like this cat who is a ginger tabby cat, Chase One gets the name Ginger. Dumb. It's just the color of cat it is. Whatever. But again, two, like this cat is just like seizing on a good opportunity. He sees that the rest of the stuff is about to go real south. For the Narnians. And did you just make a meow? <laughs> you you hold it a little close to the speaker. <laughs> but uh Chase is just moving his phone slowly more into view. We don't need to get sued an- by Andrew Lloyd Weber. <laughs> mm. But uh like this cat is smart and is going. Uh, things are not looking great for the Narnians. And so he's like, oh, let me just make sure that I heard this correctly. Mr. Kallermeen, um, do you agree that Aslan and Tash are the same thing? And uh, he's like, yes, Aslan means neither less nor more than Tash. And he goes, especially Aslan means no more than Tash, which is like real telling for what he's actually saying, right? Yeah, it's... It is very subtle, which, I mean, the line of philosophical thinking that C.S. Lewis is targeting here is this kind of agnostic, atheistic, like, religion just makes you feel good, all the religions are really the same if you think about it, and, like, whatever gives you meaning, but we're going to do what we want anyways, kind Mm -hmm. of kind of strain of thought, which there's nuances there that I'm sure we'll get into at some point in this book. We don't need to now, but uh, it's, I mean, that, that one is subtle. The uh, Aslan is, is no more than Tash. Right. And cause one, it's confirming for the Calarmine, like I don't actually think that Aslan is better than Tash. Maybe I don't even believe in Aslan at all, but for the cat, this is simply a like, this is a means for me to accomplish a goal, right? I'm trying to like sneak my way in to, you know, a better standing. And if, if, if Aslan and Tash need to be the same thing, who cares? Probably don't believe in either of them, right? 
but this is going to get me better than being a you know enslaved worker like this talking horse and the talking boar are about to be so i'll play my cards right and so they they you know deal them out and everyone's like all right cool like this is this is we're good right and Tyrion has lost it at this point he's been listening him and jewel the whole time and are like this is ridiculous he's and like he goes ape you lie you lie damnably you lie like a calamine you lie like an ape which are the calamines and apes known for their falsities maybe i don't know but like you know uh but he is outside of our culture who can say who can say right but he he's going like you're this is you this is it he is now aware that everyone is being deceived aslan isn't there this is wrong he's like he and he's about to go on this you know rampage about like cash cannot be aslan because he is bloodthirsty and he you know would enslave and he would kill but before he can do all that you know quote of the like last chapter's title the rashness of the king gets him punched straight in the face and gets knocked out saying the king has a rash the king has a rash and that rash is being punched in the face uh and can no longer speak uh and again we end the chapter with take him away take him away Take him where he cannot hear us, nor we hear him. There, tie him to a tree. I will, I mean, Aslan will do justice on him later. Yeah, it's, uh, which, yeah, I, on the children's book side of things, at least C.S. Lewis has been good to seed in the, obviously, shift is, really just doing what he wants to do. He's found a way to claim power by claiming Aslan's authority, and he's going to do what he wants so that he can make money and do things the way that he wants to do them and not care about the consequences. Without a doubt. Chase, do you have anything else? I don't think so. I think that's a good end. So. Cool. Oh, well, wait. we st- oh, Dang it. We yeah. still need to do the... Oh. That was the the rewind sound. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to edit this. This is all going to be in. Uh, so, th- now that you rewinded your podcast, uh, we, if you want to share this with your friends, one, uh, go find us anywhere podcasts are found. Audible, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating. Give us a comment. Follow us on Instagram at The Chronicles of Podcast. Um, and pretend like none of this happened. I mean, yeah, that's really the takeaway for any of these podcast episodes. Pretend like none of that happened. Uh, Now you know that we're all hacks and frauds and that we are uh, not really running a professional operation here like you were deceived into thinking. Um, Yeah. We are professionals. I am sitting on my bed. Chase is on a couch. We are on a Zoom call. Chase records the Zoom call for the audio. And delivers it to you. Trade secrets, Cal. <laughs> Trade secrets. Ah, uh, sorry, Chase. We'll be hearing from my lawyer <laughs> for the dollars that we don't make and that you spend <laughs> <laughs> to reimburse me for <laughs> the probably over a hundred dollars that I've spent maintaining this podcast no. in the last three three years. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, Chase, until next time.
Yeah. May he live forever. May he live forever. The only thing that I, you know, wanted to add, there was no good spot to, you know, shoehorn this into the podcast. So I left it to the end so that Chase can decide whether he wants to add it now or let it be a stinger. But I just want to clear up for anyone who may have, you know, joined our podcast on a recommendation. Uh, we don't hate C.S. Lewis. We do like him. We just, <laughs> we're just real nitpicky. Yeah, we, we hear the critics out there. <laughs> out here attacking us left and right all all of you whoever you could be no listen. i was uh i mean i'm sure part of this will be in the stinger as well but i was telling kel that that a friend of mine is rereading uh one of the i think she's reading prince caspian right now and was confused on a chapter because there are some confusing chapters in c.s lewis and decided oh Chase has a podcast going through the Narnia books. I'll just go and see what they said about it. And texted me afterwards like, I didn't realize that y'all hated C.S. Lewis because y'all really went in on him. Do you even like these books? And I'm like, yeah, of course we like these books. Of course we like, we love C.S. Lewis, but we are reading them as adults and doing this slow book club chapter by chapter where we can talk about the storytelling choices and things that he does that uh maybe if we were his editor we would have done differently like and this is hypothetical adding in like you know like characters from greek mythology about debauchery and orgies uh into an allegory about you know jesus christ yeah, which was the chapter that she went and listened to. And the little bit that I went back to listen to just to like remember what the heck we talked about in that chapter, because it was a very long time ago. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, we definitely roasted C.S. Lewis in this chapter. And I still agree with everything we said. <laughs> it's, yeah, It was all fair in my mind. Uh, I... Because you know what, I we think, can we can disagree with and critique uh, things that we enjoy. Yep, and I also think that uh, every single word said in our podcast is definitely going to age perfectly. Um, yeah. Just you know, uh, don't ask when we recorded it and who we are, no, or where we live. Well, we've been using pseudonyms this whole time. My name is actually Chell, <laughs> and Chase's case. Yeah, it's not that much of a difference because our names are, you know, use similar letters. But so, are you saying my name is spelled K A S E and your name is C H E L? Chase. <laughs> cool. 